Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. All right, we've reached the time for Market View on a Monday. And Tian Tian will have a look at how Singapore markets close for the day. The biggest mover sectors companies to watch. And, well, of course, it is all to help you position better. Your portfolios, of course. So here's a quick recap of how we started the day. Singapore shares fell today following losses in the US and Europe. Uh, The Straits Times Index was down 0.3% to 3,272 points in early trade. Some 63.8 million securities changed hands. Now off to the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 0.58% at uh, 3,263 points. In terms of value Turnover, we're looking at 1.2 billion Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers 228 versus 353. Top advances, GMH USD, Sing Investments and Finance, and Best World. Top decliners for today, Venture Corp, AEM SGD, and Jardine Cycle and Carriage. Now, in terms of companies to watch today, we have Olam Group posting their fall in net profit for second half year ended December to 200 million Sing dollars. Now, that's a decline increase of 24.5% from levels we saw in H2 2021. We are also tracking for Uventure Call today, which had on Friday announced a 13.8% increase in net profit for the second half ended December. Now, quite a number of things to watch. And joining us at the start of the week, we have with us uh, David Kuo, co-founder, The Smart Investor. Well, Mr. Kuo, how are you? I'm very good, Tian Tian. And how is Timothy? I am very good as well, David. I tell you what, Timothy, I am so relieved that Elliot isn't here today. After our, <laughs> after our 2-0 loss last night to Tottenham Hotspurs. Yeah, I, I did see that in the news this morning. I know, I know. Nobody's so going to tease you, so you're fine. I'm mightily relieved. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get on to business, uh, David. Um, yeah, Singapore stock markets. Uh, the SEI, um, well, kind of uh, not doing very well these days. What are the levels to watch for the SEI? Well, I tell you what, uh, the level to watch for is uh, not so much the index, but the inflation numbers over in the U.S. It's all mm. about inflation, inflation and inflation. And on Friday, we had the, uh, uh, the latest inflation reports from America, and it wasn't really very encouraging And it seems to suggest that uh, inflation has not gone away. Inflation Mm -hmm. is still there. And, of course, you know, that uh, perennial, well, not so much perennial, but uh, the current worries is are we going in for a landing or a hard landing? Mm -hmm. And my take is that we're going to be in for a long landing. And it's going to take an awful long time for inflation to come down. So as far as investors are concerned, well, just buckle up your seat belts and just uh, wait for the plane to come down. <laughs> and let's just hope that we don't run out of fuel before we actually have to come down regardless. You reminded me of that story of a short flight that ended up being a 16-hour flight, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Mr. Cole, let's look at the biggest movers for today. Any surprises there? Uh, not particularly. I mean, we saw, uh, three, no, we saw four winners today in the STI. Uh, which is more wins than Chelsea has had so far this season, I think. So uh, the big winners was Dairy Farm and Jody Matheson and yeah. also Comfort Del Gro. And that was part of the reason why I was in Hong Kong last week. I mm-hmm. just wanted to see how my investments, my Hong Kong-based investments are doing. And it would appear to me that uh, consumers are going back. I mean, people are spending money again. Uh, tourism is still on the downside. But apart from that, I would say that Households are pretty well prepared in Hong Kong. 
And um, consequently, I'm not entirely surprised that companies like Dairy Farm are doing well because it's uh, main investments in Hong Kong, uh, which is welcome, the supermarket, and also mm-hmm. Manning, uh, the, the chemist chain, uh, is doing well. And if we have a look here in Singapore, Dairy Farm is doing well and Guardian is doing well. So uh, I'm quite looking forward to the results from uh, these two companies, Dairy Farm and Johnny Matheson, uh, next month, uh, early next month, when they will be announcing full-year results. Right, uh, Mr. Kuo, zooming in on some of the companies to watch, we have Olam Group today as well, posting a 24.5% year-on-year drop in net profit for the second half ended December. Now, what does this really mean for Olam Group? Because uh, it's planning to uh, IPO Olam Agri in Singapore and Saudi Arabia, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, yes, the 24% drop in uh, profits was primarily due to financing costs. So what they said was that their financing costs had almost doubled. And does that all go well for the uh, the IPO? I should think so. Because if you have a look at, take away the financing costs, then you actually see that revenues are actually increasing at Oland Group. So uh, both at um, uh, the agricultural side and also the, uh, the other IPO that it will be launching later on this year. So I think what the IPO will do for the Oland Group is it'll put money in its coffers and hopefully it also means that uh, they probably won't need to go out and borrow as much money because Oland is one of the most proliferate, I think, uh, bond issuers out in the Singapore market. And so uh, with these IPOs, it probably means that uh, Oland will be able to cash in and it probably also means that it won't be uh, as likely to go into the market and issue bonds anymore. David, let's uh, talk about Venture Corp. Earnings per share stood at 67 Singapore cents, up from 59 uh, in the previous year. Uh, should we be worried? Uh, what's the outlook for Singapore's electronics manufacturing cluster? Well, I think there are two takes from this. The first one is that the profits at uh, Venture Corp were healthy. But what they said in their outlook statement was that they were very concerned about the macroeconomic and the geopolitical environment. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I think uh, the electronics industry here in Singapore will be keeping a close eye on. Because what is going to be happening in terms of the macroeconomic, in other words, are we going to, as I said earlier on, are we going to be in for a hard landing or a soft landing or a long landing? And the second one, of course, is the geopolitical environment. And we know that there is this tension between America and uh, China. And that doesn't seem to be, uh, but there are no signs of any resolution between these two. And so, uh, yes, it is a worrying time for the people in the electronics industry, particularly those that are involved in chips that might be a little bit sensitive uh, to uh, the American uh, government and mm. what they don't really want to do is to sort of see these chips being used in products yeah. uh, that are destined for China. Meanwhile, we want to take a look at Singapore Land Group as well, announcing their 60% drop in net profit for second half and December as well. So what's contributing to that drop? Uh, primarily uh, write-downs in uh, uh, land values or property values. There were two things. The first one, of course, is that uh, this time last year, they uh, upvalued a lot of their properties. This time, they didn't really have that benefit, and they had to write down some fair values on the properties. But underlying Tianjin, mm-hmm. uh, the revenue was up 26%, which is very healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, this is a lesson for anybody that's in the property sector. If you're a landlord and you are renting out property, uh, as long as you have a tenant that's going to be paying you, 
for uh, renting your property, then that's fine. What happens that would be me. Pro- <laughs> <laughs> and me, yeah. Okay. And what happens with the property price, whether it goes up or goes down, you know, it's kind of irrelevant because it's very volatile. Mm. And I think uh, this is something that we need to take away from Singapore land. Underlying, business-wise, it's fine. It's just that uh, property prices can shoot up and they also can drop, can plummet quite quickly. And when that happens, then you have to revalue your properties. But most landlords don't revalue their properties on a regular basis. They just buy it and just rent it out. And they're quite happy as long as they collect the rent. Mr. Kuo, as usual, let's take a look at some of the headlines around the world. India's Adani Group in talks with global credit funds to raise up to 400 million US dollars in debt against uh, North Queensland Export Terminal. How concerning is this? Uh, well, I think it's not very good for optics. I mean, yeah. here we have a company that is looking at ways to convince uh, bondholders, people who have lent Adani uh, Group money, and they should really be sort of finding ways to repay that money rather than to go out and try and borrow more money. Mm-hmm. And whether or not people will lend uh, the Adani Group, the $400 million, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, as I said, the optics are not great, uh, particularly for a heavily indebted company. They should be looking at ways in which they can generate cash and appease their bondholders, uh, either by repaying the loans early or by making sure, you know, that they are able to meet those uh, coupon payments when they are due and the redemption payment when that is also due. Mm, and Mr. Ko, I do want to take a look at what's happening in the US. Pfizer reportedly in talks to buy CGen. The deal is likely to be valued at over 30 billion US dollars. Any thoughts on this, especially after talks of acquisition by Merck fell through last year? Well, the thing is that the deal fell through last year because Seagen uh, wasn't entirely happy with the uh, offer, with the price that was offered by Merck. Merck offered $40 billion, and now uh, Pfizer is offering, offering $30 billion. So mm-hmm. why should that go through and the other one didn't? Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason might be because right, I, I'm, I'm not predicting doom and gloom for Seagen. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that when I have a look at its cash pile, its latest cash pile was about $360 million U.S. million. But it's burning through a lot more than that uh, annually. Mm. And so maybe uh, their backs are, are against the, uh, the wall and they may have to just accept this offer from Pfizer. In mm. which case, you may actually sort of find Merck coming back to the table again uh-huh. already, or any other company, you know, that might be interested in buying this, uh, uh, this very attractive uh, company that is involved in cancer and oncology research. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it'll be a gem. So yes, Pfizer may can come, come in with a 30 billion offer, but there could be others that might offer more TMGM. Hmm, more than 30, below 40, yeah, I don't know. But thanks very much, Mr. Kuo. That was David Kuo, co-founder, The Smart Investor. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. I'll talk to you You're again welcome. next Monday, David. <laughs> Thank you, Timothy. Thank you. Before Bye-bye. acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.